3: Welcome in to another edition of the Crimson Corner Podcast, it's powered by kslsports.com. I'm your host and Utes Insider, Trevor Allen, with some breaking news that has happened over the weekend. Utah basketball has hired Craig Smith to take over the running Utes program. Yeah, the former Utah State head coach is going from Logan down to Salt Lake City to lead the Utes, as it was kind of a up-and-down process throughout as Alex Jensen was a candidate listed at times. So was Johnny Bryant, who are both in the NBA. Jensen is the lead assistant for Quinn Snyder in the Utah Jazz, while Bryant's the associate head coach of the New York Knicks. But ultimately, it came down to Mark Harlan hiring Craig Smith after three years of sending the Aggies to the NCAA tournament. And it is a great hire. We will dive into that. First, I'm going to play back the entire press conference for you. That was held Saturday morning. And then afterwards, we will take a break and we will talk to Jeremiah Jensen of KSL Sports Beat as we react to the news and what Craig Smith brings to the Utah basketball program. But here is Utah Athletic Director Mark Harlan and new Utah head men's basketball coach Craig Smith.
0: Good morning to uh, the Utah fan base. Uh, good morning to everyone that cares deeply about Utah athletics and certainly Utah men's basketball. It's a historic day. As I introduce Coach here in just a moment, I also want to thank the media that is here. Um, you know, I just just a couple things. Uh, this process uh, that has been ongoing for oh, about 12 days has been a phenomenal journey uh, to discover how how many people care about Utah basketball. Um, I've always known that, but boy, have I felt that over this last period of time. I really want to thank uh, some key members of my staff who who were on this journey with me, particularly Scott Cole, our deputy athletic director, Charmel Green, our chief operating o- officer, Lisa Boyan who really runs the place uh, at, at Utah Athletics, uh, Paul Kirk, who is just incredible, and of course, Manny Hendricks. Uh, I know he's known for the shot to beat Finnis Dimbo, uh, but he performed incredibly as a key advisor, as did everybody else in this process. I also want to thank Steve Smith, our CFO, who uh, you know, stayed up late, late last night working on working on the documents with Coach's team. So um, I also want to thank the incredible uh, candidates uh, that I spoke through throughout this process, just incredible men in all different ways. Some of them were very prominent uh, alums of ours, uh, who as typical of a graduate of the University of Utah have gone on to uh, incredible things in their career, uh, special men, all of them, uh, and really, really appreciate their time and engagement in this process. And of course, lastly, I want to thank President Watkins, uh, who has always been an unbelievable leader uh, of this university and certainly of this athletic department. We know that she has a a few short weeks left in her tenure, but just again, want to just say thank you to her and for her enormous guidance uh, in this process. And certainly our board of trustees who were also very helpful uh, in all of this. So here we are. Uh, the, the opportunity here to introduce our new leader uh, of, of the men's basketball program at the University of Utah. You know, I've had my eye on, on Craig Smith for, for a while. It's hard not to see the unbelievable success uh, that has gone on in Logan, Utah, over these last few years. Um, you know, seeing them in the tournament uh, these last three years has been an incredible achievement by coach and, and, and everybody up there. Um, just, just incredible work. But his work goes beyond that. It goes to the other stops along the way and everything that that he's that he's done when I went out looking uh, for a coach what I wanted first and foremost was someone that's passion uh, for mentoring and teaching young men the ability to communicate at the very highest of levels and to develop deep deep relationships you know then we would talk about ball that was really the 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 whole process for me and boy is this gentleman uh, have all those qualities and more You know, people throughout the the last few years talking about his success and how we did it. I think what I've learned at the end of the day, it's about Darcy. Did you agree to that? (laughs) There's no question. Uh, Darcy, who's on the other side of of this Zoom and the incredible family that's here. So we've we've learned the the trick to that. kicking your coverage in this case, Coach. Good recruiter. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) That's absolutely right. So it is with absolute uh, joy, pleasure and honor. Uh, to introduce Coach Craig Smith as the new head men's basketball coach at the University of Utah. Coach? Thank you, Mark. Appreciate you. Um, Couldn't be more thrilled to be the men's basketball coach at
2: the University of Utah. And Thank you to Mark. uh, Just getting to know Mark, you know, his vision for our basketball program and certainly what I've always believed in uh, in terms of having a successful program, uh, we're very much aligned and tied at the hip of what we're trying to do. And, you know, I'm a history guy. So where we were, where we are, and where we're going. And, of course, this basketball program has one of the steepest traditions in all of college basketball. And, and, and our expectation is to win and win at the highest level and do it a certain way. And, you know, we were very fortunate to do some amazing things at Utah State. And I can't thank John Hartwell, the athletic director there, uh, enough for believing in me and, and uh, President Noel Cockett and all the people that supported us. It was an amazing journey for three years, going to three straight NCAA tournaments. And and, and now, you know, moving to Utah with, uh, with the rich tradition, like we, you know, I met with the players earlier um, today and like we told them, what, what don't we have in our program? You know, and, and we have the history, we have the facilities, we have an amazing support staff. And we can go on and on and on, and we can get into more details on that. But our family, I want to thank Darcy. Uh, Darcy and I celebrated our 25th anniversary last year. um, She's never been to Hawaii, and and we were all set to go, and then COVID hit. So she's been bothering me like, hey, are we going to get to Hawaii this summer or not? But uh, we'll see how the recruiting process goes. But um, she's an amazing person. Um, We all know the things that our uh, wives have to go through. Um, through this whole thing, my four amazing kids, Landon, uh, who's a uh, sophomore in college, Brady, a junior in high school, and of course Carson, a ninth grader, and Lauren, our fifth grader. And we're all in this thing together. Uh, We can't wait to get rolling and roll up our sleeves. We're going to work our hands to the bone um, to put a fantastic winning uh, team on the floor. And, um, and we can't wait to get this journey started.
1: Coach, congrats on the, uh, on the new gig. Thank
2: you, um, Alex, Alex, you're always the first guy to ask the question. I know that.
1: <laughs> well, uh, it probably won't happen so much with the Utah stuff, but anyway, um, the uh, so I see, I think uh, a lot of people were kind of surprised, especially in Logan, to um, to hear the news this morning of of your hire. Uh, can you just kind of take us through the last you know 48 hours or so of kind of how this process unfolded for you on your end?
2: Well, I'm here, you know, and it's uh, obviously you go through that process. Um, uh, couldn't be more excited. I'm thrilled. Obviously, we had three tremendous years um, at Utah State and, and and delivered on what we said we were going to do, you know, at Utah State. And, and you know, Utah has always been known to be one of the best, like I said in the introductory statement, one of the best basketball programs in the country. And, um, you know, like I said, with a, I'm a history major and understanding that history and of course like we've talked about many times alex um this state is such a uh an intelligent state when it comes to everything but specifically the the sport of men's basketball they understand a great product they deeply deeply care um about basketball and 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 um it was just the right time for myself professionally and in our family and um, we, like I said, we can't wait to get rolling.
3: Hey, Craig, congrats. Um, I just Thank wanted you. to get your thoughts. I mean, I know that this is all new and it's all coming at you really, really fast. Is mm-hmm. one of the first things is to uh, take a look at the roster. And I know that there's been two players who, who have entered the portal that were a key part of last year's team. Is that going to be some conversations that you're going to have moving forward?
2: Yeah. First of all, I'm excited about the roster. Uh, you know, obviously uh, in any roster and I've been down this road before a few different times, whether it's been an assistant coach or certainly as a head coach, you know, you gotta, uh, I was up late last night, watching film up early this morning, watching more film and just getting, trying to get a true feel for who we are and, and trying to identify, you know, understanding our personnel, what strengths do we have? How do we need to get better? Those types of things, and I'm still in that process. It's it, like you said; it's been fast and furious. I uh, had a great meeting with the team um, earlier today, um, just, talk, just talking, you know, and and showing empathy for you know just this year. It's been a long year for everybody with COVID and all that that entails. But also um, building relationships that was the first step. I'll have individual meetings with every student athlete here shortly. Um, in the next few days, certainly the transfer um, portal, you know, it's what I think it's up to 950 or over a thousand already. I haven't looked today, uh, which is twice as high as, as it was at this time a year ago, but the transfer portal and the transfer game has been a part of the game here um, specifically the last few years, certainly it's at a whole nother level this year. And and that's part of it. And, you know, people have often asked, are you for it? Are you against it? And I've never had a strong feeling either way, I've always wanted guys in our program that are, are uh, that want to be here and that are fully invested and that are all in to making the University of Utah basketball the best that it can be. And I'm very confident in what we've done in our past, whether it's Utah State or University of South Dakota or Mayville State as a head coach. And we've always taken over programs that, you know, maybe weren't, um, were kind of, average or below average and been able to flip it and flip it quicker than people want. So, or f- quicker than people realize. And so I think we have a great nucleus. We'll negotiate through that and, and build relationships and talk expectations. And uh, I'll be able to convey to them what I see in them and how we think their role can expand or develop or how they can improve. And I think that's a constant everywhere we've been as our guys get better and they improve and, and we have a great time doing it. Our guys are going to have a great style of play. Um, they're going to have a great time while we're at it. We have a lot of fun, but we also know when to go to work. And, and I think that's a great balance to have.
4: Yeah. Mark, you talked about uh, having your eye on Craig early on. How important was it for you to be able to, you know, move quickly with this hire, but, and, and kind of have part of the NCAA tournament kind of looming a little bit at there to, to kind of frustrate that, but how, how, you know how important was it to get that, as well as especially as this being your first major coaching hire here at Utah.
0: Well, I mean, as I said, the front side of this whole thing, we were we were going to take the days and time that we needed to find the very best person, um, and you know that's that's what we did. I, I mean, I never try to set a, a timetable because you have to. It's about the quality rather than the you know the quantity of time. So, you know, that's what we did. And, and like I said in my opening statement, we certainly had. Unbelievable uh, engagement in this program, which speaks to what coach is talking about, you know, top 15 all time and wins and everything that we've accomplished here through the various different coaching staffs through the years incredible players so you know there was a lot of a lot of incredible interest. Um, Now that being said, you know I I also recognize that we have an incredible group of young men in this program that were anxious to to meet their coach. And so, you know, when the decision was made, it was time to move. And, and that's what we were able to, to accomplish. And, uh, you know, for me, the greatest part of this whole process was when I introduced coach, uh, to, to his team this morning and I stepped away and, you know, and I just, you know, you were in there for quite some time actually. And I, I just, it just was very gratifying for me because I know that these young men have been, it's a very anxious time, for, for all student athletes, as, as Craig just talked about, it's just been a tough year. And, and this was just an added level of stress for them that I was very empathetic about. So it was a really great moment to know that they they had their new head coach in front of them. And and, and now we're off and running.
3: Coach, uh, Utah State, you made a noticeable effort during your three seasons there to, to upgrade the non-conference schedule and to challenge the Aggies outside of league play. Um are you, do you plan to take kind of a similar aggressive approach at Utah? I mean, on, obviously, the Pac-12 is a very strong league, but do you, do you plan to take a similar aggressive approach in terms of non-conference scheduling?
2: Great question, 100%. I've always believed to be the best, you got to play the best. And our motto is bring on the competition. And, and you know, the last three years, um, our net ranking was 42 or lower. Uh, at Utah State and, and the NCAA, you know, if you're gonna, my mentality is let let's let's be a part of this program to make it the best possible program you can. And to do that, you got to play and schedule up. And so we want to play in marquee events. We want to play marquee teams. Of course, the Pac-12 is is one of the marquee uh, conferences in the country. And so we're going to get that on a nightly basis in conference play. But I think it's incredibly important important to play a very strong non-conference schedule. And, and we'll be creative in that, you know, whether it's a home-and-home, home, uh, neutral court games, obviously MTEs, um, you know, we'll look at everything and anything that way. Certainly, we want. I love home-and-homes. I know a lot of um, programs are, are kind of going away from that, and a lot of programs want to play in that neutral court game. But I'm a big believer in the college experience. I want our fans To be able to watch the youths playing excellent competition. And of course, they're going to see that annually with the Pac 12 teams. But let's bring in great teams um, to Salt Lake City and onto our campus, and we'll return the favor. I think that's great for all of the the student athletes, all the donors, and our entire fan base. So that'll be a, uh, that was one of the first things I asked for when this thing got final. What's our, I, I want to see our non conference schedule and get rolling on that thing because that's one of the most important uh aspects of our job and it takes a lot a lot of work and a lot of time and it's a daily deal that you're just constantly maintaining to see who's looking who can we bring in and uh, we want to play as many quad one games um that we possibly can because that's it's proven specifically over the last three years that's what helps you get to the nc you got to win but you got to be able to win quad one games and that's been a huge deal for us at utah state
3: Curious. I know this is all new and and it's, it's happened quickly, but uh, have you made staffing decisions? Are you going to bring your staff with Utah State? Are you going to kind of reconfigure, give us an idea if you could, where, where you are with uh, assembling your staff?
2: Yeah. So we haven't made any final decisions that way. Certainly, um, you know, I think the world of uh, Coach Kostoyak and his, his entire staff have relationships with those, uh, with all those guys to different levels. And, and certainly, out of respect to them and what they built here, I want to meet with with all of those guys and have um, frank discussions and and talk to them um, and see if it's the right fit. And then, of course, you know, um, our our staff at Utah State, we, what we've been able to do there has been tremendous, and and of course, they were a huge, huge part uh, of all of our success. and And then, obviously, we got to look at the broad picture and what this uh, position. Uh, entails and where have we had success on the recruiting trails and had um, uh, and and so we got to really look at that you know obviously we want to have great connections uh, in the state of Utah and on the west coast you know specifically California Um, but you know we're going to recruit nationally we've had some success with international with guys from all over the world certainly at the University of Utah um, when you look at the history of, of Utah basketball and then we've had great success as well Um, at at various stops that we've had so uh, we're going to look under rocks uh, on the recruiting trail but it all starts with your staff and we're going to have a staff that holds people accountable that embraces what Utah basketball is all about and um, and that's having a great culture built on relationships and trust and integrity and you better have to and these guys are going to have to have all three but I am so pumped at the tools of leadership that Marcus has provided. And, um, you know, the sky's the limit for what we're going to do. And I'm very, very confident that we're going to have a stellar coaching staff.
1: Uh,
4: I just want to start off and ask, you know, you've been very successful in a short amount of time at Utah State. How do you look to bring that success, specifically helping Utah get back to the NCAA tournament as soon as
2: possible? Well, it it always starts with the people you surround yourself with. And that was a big thing, you know, doing – doing my research you know just like mark does his research on 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 myself and various candidates like i have to do my research on 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 every aspect of this program and 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 certainly the number one thing in any position i've been at is you are who you surround yourself with and mark on a short amount of time i built a great connection and again you know we we think very similar in a lot of respects and and have a great vision that way so Certainly, it starts there. Uh, we got to hire a fantastic staff. Um, you know, sometimes the head coach gets too much credit and too much blame. And so you better have strong staffing and support personnel in every way, shape, and form. And then the tools of leadership that we have here. And all the way around from the Academic Enhancement Center to athletic training, uh, our facilities uh, that I touched on earlier, certainly the tradition. And and I am big in tradition because I think it te- you can learn a lot from history. Uh, If you look at it a certain way. And so, uh, and then you, and then you better go out and, you know, we have, uh, I think, a great nucleus here that we can build upon. I think our style of play really fits a lot of these guys that are currently in the program. And I think they have a chance to really shine in a way that um, that maybe they don't even realize at this point. And we had that same conversation almost three years ago to the day Uh, and they better have high expectations and we have incredible expectations for this program and every year our goal is to get to the ncaa tournament and win when we get there and that'll be our goal next year and 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 you know we're not going to settle for anything less than that so um it takes courage it takes a strong backbone it takes incredibly an incredible amount of belief in your coaches and yourself and your teammates to do that and we had an unbelievable group of young men at utah state for the last three years it was incredible the growth that they made And we're going to do the same thing at the University of Utah.
0: Hey, Coach. uh, Congratulations. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit. I I think it's pretty well known that you have a a great relationship with uh, Coach Pope down at BYU. This adds another wrinkle to the BYU-Utah rivalry. I don't know if he's uh, been in contact with you since this announcement has been made. uh, But if so, I was just curious to know uh, what what communication has has, uh, there been, if any, yet.
2: To be quite frank, I haven't looked at my phone <laughs> the all, uh, really all day. So I know I know um, my phone is right here, and we have uh, – what do we have? We have about 300 texts, so I haven't looked through them yet. Um, but, you know, Mark has done a great job at BYU, and I'm a firm believer – you know, we were talking about scheduling. Uh, we want to from – our, from our end, we want to keep this series going. Um, they've done a great job there and and him and his staff and i've always said and i've said this on the record uh, over the last three years i think it's really important this state loves and is passionate about basketball so regardless of your affiliation you know whether you love the utes you love the cougars you love the aggies or the wildcats of weber state or what have you i think it's important to play the state schools. Now, are we going to play every school every year? No, like that's, it's just not feasible. And quite frankly, that might not be the best situation for us to get to, to set herself up for success to get to the NCAA tournament and help our net ranking. And there's a, I mean, there's a, you know, a science or art form to that. And you got to be meticulous and really know what you're doing with the scheduling piece. And I think we've done a very good job with that. And so um, in terms of coach Pope, I, I don't know if he's texted or not or called, but, I'm sure he will, and and uh, we want to keep that series going. I think it's great for both fan bases, um, um, uh, <laughs> and so we want to keep that rivalry rolling full steam ahead.
3: Craig, have you had a chance to meet with your old players up at Utah State yet, or or at least had any maybe side conversations?
2: I've I, uh, let them know. Um, but I, I was not able to meet in person. Just, it's a difficult, just with the timing of things, obviously, uh, I think the world of all those guys. And I, I know that I've been down that road, have incredible bonds with those guys. They believed in, in us when not many did, you know, when you think back on it, on this year's team that made the tournament when not many people, especially starting out one in three, um, you know, Brock Miller is the only returning guy that was on scholarship my Uh, when we got hired at Utah State. And then Justin Bean, who worked his way into being a a fantastic player, you know, he walked on for us. And it was incredible, the, the strides that he made. And so we've had a complete roster turnover. All those guys, besides Brock and Justin, we recruited to Utah State. And I'm a big relationship guy, as most of you guys know. And so when you go in the that living room or, you know, I've flown to Australia to see Sean Bearstone, his family, like you are making a commitment to them that we are going to, they are going to be in great hands. We're going to look out for them and help them grow from young men to men and certainly help them develop their game. And I think that's a constant when you watch our teams play is guys come in as a freshman and they just keep getting a little bit better and a little bit better every year. And that's a credit to those guys, but um, it was an amazing group. It was one of the most rewarding seasons in my 25 years that I've ever been a part of just to see that transformation. And that's, and that's at the end of the day, what coaching is all about.
1: Coach uh, I've talked to Namias catered before about uh, his impact or your, sorry, your impact on his game. Um, You know, you coaching him the last, the last several seasons, um, you know, are you at all interested in, in trying to bring him to Utah maybe for, for a final year for him to get some Pac-12 experience and uh, put him in better position for, for what everybody knows his goal is?
2: Well, Nimi, I, I mean, everybody knows how much I think of Nimi and it, it, his growth has been transformational on the floor and off the floor. No, that's not something we're going to uh, do. Obviously, he's an amazing player. I, you know, I haven't been able to sit down and just totally talk to him about his future. Obviously, I think he's an NBA player. Uh, If he's not an NBA player, I don't know what, you know, who is type of thing. But, I mean, we talk about growth and relationships, and we know what he was able to do at Utah State uh, from a true freshman to now. But he was a game changer, obviously one of the final four guys to be defensive player of the year. So that's not a road, you know, we'll go down with – or road we'll go down – but he's an amazing person, amazing player. And no matter what Namesh Kata does in his future, I'll be there to support him in any way we can. Hey,
3: so I apologize if you've maybe touched on this a little bit. My audio dropped for a second there. But I'm curious um, if you could talk about just your coaching style and, and your approach. One one of the things that I've heard from people that know you well is you're a master when it comes to just Tinkering small things on the game plan um, really kind of throws everybody off when they're expecting one thing. So if, if you could just kind of go into that a little bit and what everybody should be excited to expect.
2: Well, I think you're going to see just a, a winning style. You know, I, people ask what's our style of play, and I like to say it's the winning style. And I think the best teams know how to win in any way. You can win a you can win a game 64-57 in the in the conference tournament championship. But in the semifinal, it might be 95 to 90 and you got to be built to win in every way. You got to be able to beat presses. You got to be able to press teams if you need to. And so that goes into um, uh, how you build your roster, right? And so you better have depth in your roster. There's certain things that we really look at when it comes to recruiting. So we don't have, you know, four guys that are essentially the exact same player. Uh, We want guys that bring different things to the table and then, you know, one of the things I think undervalued or underlooked at is we want to recruit winners. We want to recruit and coach guys that are gym rats. They love to be in the gym. And if they took basketball away from them, they might be miserable, right? Like, it's that important to them. And so our coaching style, you know, it starts, like I said earlier, it starts with the staff that you surround yourself with. Uh, we're going to have integrity. We're going guy, to have guys that are hardworking, and, and selfless, but yet they want to just get better and better, that 1% better every day. And so we love guys that can pass, can shoot. I love guys that can pass and make decisions. And if you look at our track record the last five years, I believe we've been in the top 20 in assists, five straight years, the last two years at South Dakota and the last three years at Utah State. So they better be able to pass, make decisions, right, uh, dribble and shoot. And we want a high premium on shooting, right? I mean, you got to be able to stretch out the defense. You got to be able to make threes. Everybody says they want to get up and down. We do want to get up and down, but if that's not us or we don't have the depth or the speed to be able to do that, then it's hard to do. So that goes back to what's your personnel. And we got to find a max from our, uh, a match with our scheme and how that translates to winning. So, um, we're not just going to be X, Y, and Z. We got to look at who we have in our program, what are their strengths, and put those guys in a position to succeed. And then every game's out, every night out is a different game, a different entity, and you have to tweak your team or your style for that specific game to find a way to win that game, right? To find a way to win that game. And, and um, you know, we're going to play with tremendous poise and tremendous confidence Uh, where guys are not going to be looking over their shoulder. They're going to be playing in attack mode for 40 minutes.
3: There you go. That was the full press conference introducing Craig Smith as the new running Utes head basketball coach. Check out all of the content from that over at kslsports.com. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Jeremiah Jensen will join me as we break down this move and what Craig Smith will bring to the running Utes. You're listening to the Crimson Corner Podcast. Welcome back into the Crimson Corner podcast powered by kslsports.com. I'm your host and Utes insider Trevor Allen. As we react to the news of Craig Smith joining the running Utes as the next head coach, it was about 12 days after Larry Kraskowiak was fired after 10 seasons at the helm for the Utes. And on Saturday afternoon, I held a live stream with Jeremiah Jensen of Sportsbeat, who's covered Craig Smith for the last three years up in Logan. And we talked about the move of him coming down to Salt Lake City to coach the Utes, and what he will bring to the program.
4: J.J., how are you, man? Trevor, I'm busy, <laughs> as you are, too. It's great. It's fun. We had some, uh, I wouldn't call it unexpected news, but I didn't think it would happen so quickly this morning, but here we are. So it's always exciting when these type of uh, things develop.
3: So just to kind of get this out of the way, were you surprised on March 16th that Mark Harlan decided to relieve Larry Kriscoviak of his duties after 10 years as the head coach?
4: No, no, I, I felt like uh, five years without making the NCAA tournament at the University of Utah is way too many. I just don't think that that's acceptable, and I, I didn't see the program on an upward trajectory. I didn't see um, the progress that you'd want to see, where you can say, okay, where they had a they had a year where you know they had a bunch of kids graduate and now they're rebuilding, or there was just some un, you know there were some injuries or something got in the way. It was just there was just no momentum, no juice, no excitement in the program. Honestly, the program, to be frank, became a bit irrelevant. Uh, It got to the point where you just, there was, it was kind of fortunate in this COVID year that there wasn't these attendance uh, situations come up where you look in the crowd and not seeing a lot of people there, because I think that the interest in the program among a lot of alumni and a lot of supporters fans uh, was probably as low as it's been since the uh, last year that Jim Boylan was there. And, we all know what happens when that when that takes place is when there's not many people coming to your games and you're not winning a lot of games then an athletic director has to look at the program and say okay we need to make a change and I think that's what happened.
3: Were you shocked at all that maybe they did this move now especially in the middle of a pandemic where you know Harlan's lost a lot of money due to COVID as has every you know department around the country but just that you know especially with with Larry's buyout being as big as it was and you know trying to do that on top of paying the salary for the new head coach?
4: Well, I mean, I I don't have, you know, I, I, I can tell you this, that uh, the money that's used to buy out coaches and to sometimes pay coaches doesn't come from uh, the athletic department's budget. It comes from boosters. And so I'm sure that there were some people of influence that had that money that stepped up to help out with that. Um, so, the, I mean, it was always – I think the big thing we looked at all the time in the last couple of years with the program is, you know, Larry's probably safe because he has a big buyout, right? Whenever you're saying a coach is pretty safe because of the buyout. I mean, that tells you that things aren't going well, uh, but it it becomes a financial issue with the coach. And I think that obviously Harlan was able to make uh, this happen where he was able to find the money that it would take to do that. And uh, that, that didn't surprise me too much. I I think, yeah, during a pandemic, you, year maybe you know all this stuff has been, just been unprecedented we're dealing with stuff we've never really had to deal with before in our lifetimes and so I, I think maybe you would give some uh you know I think around the country you've seen I mean look at Kentucky and Duke struggling this year like they've never struggled before so I think you're gonna you give a little bit of excuse there but this wasn't just a pandemic thing this this trajectory this program was going in the wrong direction well before last March so the the fact that they were able to do it now um, I think, that, to be frank, I think it was a year overdue. I think that um, I was surprised. I think maybe a buyout situation wasn't as easy last year to do. I think that there was that little momentum in the program and a change needed to happen. So the fact that it happened in a pandemic year, um, I guess if you wanted to say maybe gave, would give some, uh, you know, maybe a little more leniency with the struggle. Um, I think this was well overdue and I don't think it mattered whether it was a pandemic year or not.
3: I know that there was a lot of rumors, speculation, and some of it has obviously come to light with Alex Jensen being a a really strong candidate for for that job, but then ultimately decided to stay with the Utah Jazz. Johnny Bryant, who is currently with the uh, Knicks right now, also chose to stay. And then the uh, focus shifted to Craig Smith to where we're at today. But would you have been more shocked that Johnny Bryant or Alex Jensen would have uh, taken the Utah job?
4: Uh I was always skeptical. I mean I I, think, I said this on Sports Beat when we talked about the coaches they were in line. I I said I would be surprised if Alex Jensen wanted to leave the NBA to do it and I felt the same way with Johnny Bryant. These guys are in really I mean they've worked really hard at the NBA level and they're in really good positions. Alex Jensen's going to be a head coach in the NBA someday and Johnny Bryant's going to be a head coach in the NBA someday. Johnny Bryant's the associate head coach of the New York Knicks. So um, taking a step to college and coaching at the college level is like night and day different than coaching in the NBA. And I think people need to understand that. And so Alex and Johnny are in great situations. They are fantastic coaches. They are going to be excellent head coaches. I believe in the NBA, I don't think they had as much interest in a college job. And I think the fact that they they were probably willing to listen to this job and, and, and listen to what Mark Harlan had to say or look into this job simply because they were alumni and because they care about the program. Um, and I think that maybe that was also the case. I, in fact, I've, I've talked to people close to the program who tell me that um, <laughs> I think that this was the fact that they interviewed Alex and, and, and kicked the tires with Johnny was to appease the alumni. And perhaps Craig Smith was Harlan's choice the whole time. So this does not surprise me at all how this played out. Um, and I heard that that <laughs> there that, um, wasn't exactly like this huge red carpet rolled out for Alex. He wasn't wowed in the, in the uh, process and decided to turn it down. So I think that this took its course the way that Mark Harlan wanted it to take. And I think that there was a lot of respect paid to Johnny and Alex, and they deserve that. But it doesn't surprise me that this was the end result. It doesn't surprise me that Alex and Johnny stayed in the NBA, and it doesn't surprise me that Craig Smith is now the head coach at the University of Utah.
3: On the uh, carpet not being rolled out for Alex Jensen, I can also uh, confirm that 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 was the case. That right. where didn't you know feel the love from alumni from from Mark Harlan Didn't really feel like wasn't was, wowed um, in the interview
4: um, process for sure.
3: Exactly, exactly. And so now Jensen's staying, but the future's bright. And today. Craig Smith, Mark Harlan held that uh, press conference to introduce him as the next head coach of the Utes. The number one goal for coaches is to always win the press conference and then start the work after that. Craig Smith and, you know, JJ, we've we've actually been covering him, um, you more than me over the last three years. And his energy is always consistent every single time he talks (laughs) to the media. And you also see it out on the floor. And it obviously translated to what he's bringing to Utah. What exactly is he bringing to Utah basketball?
4: Energy. And I think you probably saw that energy today. I, I look at what he did at Utah State, and it's kind of interesting because we normally, when, when a coach is hired, they're new to us. We don't know who they are. Um, we're becoming familiar. I'm very familiar with Craig Smith and have had a chance to sit down and talk to him and get to know him a little bit and, and interview him and, and follow his program and see what he does for the last three years very closely. And he's the number one thing I'm going to tell you. He brings this energy right out of the gate. He's going to bring juice and energy to this program, uh, energy that's been lacking perhaps for the last five years. That they need to have this program. I mean, look, you, you look at what he's done at Utah State. Okay, his first year. I mean, they started out. I think they started seven and zero his first year after coming off of you know a really um, not, you know rough three years under Tim Durie. I think it did not go well up in Logan. All of a sudden, he takes basically the same players, adds Nemes Keda as a freshman. And he turns that team into an NCAA tournament team in his first year. And they right out of the gate. They were awesome. We were like, wow, and they, immediately he had an impact on that team. And I talked to Sam Merrill uh, halfway through that season. And he talked about that, the energy and the juice that he brought to that program. And it was instant. And he, When he gets in a room with these kids, it's just the, the he's so gregarious and witty and fun, I guess you could say. And that really rubs off on the guys. Look, he's a coach. He's going to get after guys. He's going to challenge them. But I think that, his personality is a really good fit for the the players of this generation, and he really knows how to connect with with these players and get the best out of them. And he has an ability to get them to buy into what he's doing because they're, they're going to be defense, and he's going to ask them to grind and work hard. And he's going to ask a lot of the kids, but they give it to him every single year with at Utah State three years in a row. Um, that's exactly what he got out of his players. I mean, you could say that he overachieved in his three years at Utah State. Um, but what they did was remarkable. And so that energy that he had at Utah State, turning that program around from a team that, again, irrelevant, um, fans stopped coming to the spectrum. The place was about empty for games. And then now you see where they're at three years later, despite all the challenges that we've seen, the pandemic and, and what have you. Uh, it's pretty impressive what he did. Now, can he do that same thing at Utah? I think he can, and I think that Mark Harlan believes he can, and that's why he zeroed in on him as the guy for this job. And I think that's the one thing that he can bring is that energy and that charisma that um, that, that program really needs to get going. This program needs to be inspired. The players, um, everybody up there, I think the fan base needs to be inspired and believe that there's an energy and, and, a, and a drive in this program to achieve their potential. I think Utah's a sleeping giant. I think they've underachieved the last few years, and I think he can get the most out of this program based on what we saw him do at Utah State. I believe that.
3: Some questions surrounding guys who went into the portal. Timmy Allen, Riley Batten, our two main guys who went into the portal after Larry was fired, could still come back. I know that uh, Timmy Allen could still come back, and you know, it all depends on who the coach was, and now that we know who it is, but what does this roster and this this system of what Utah has, with you know the the state of the art facilities, being in the Pac-12, having the Huntsman Center, having that strong history, what does adding Craig Smith do to that? Especially over the next maybe two years under Craig Smith.
4: Well, it's a, and this is a, it's it's a good question because this is the next challenge for Craig Smith. Is he's been successful at South Dakota? He was successful. He almost won an NAIA national championship. And he did it at Utah State, which you consider a mid-major in the Mountain West Conference. Can he recruit at a power five level? Can he bring in you, – you're, you're going to have to bring in uh, NBA-level prospects to compete and win in the Pac-12, right? I mean, that's when Larry Krasoviak won in the Pac-12 when he had DeLon Wright, Jakob Pertl, and Kyle Kuzma on the team. Those are NBA guys. You've got to have that level of talent to be able to win Pac-12 championships. So can Craig Smith go out and get those guys? Well – Sam Merrill was already there at Utah State, but he developed into an NBA player while he was there. Namish Keita is clearly an NBA guy, so I think he can. Can he do it at the level he's going to need to at Utah? Uh, He's got to prove that he can recruit at a power five level. We'll see who his staff he hires, and and that's the next step that I need to see with Craig Smith. But I think the biggest challenge for him right now as a recruiter is to get Timmy Allen to decide to come back and play at Utah, right? So if you can get Timmy Allen to come back and play his senior year at Utah – Then you've got a guy that you has has proven you know can play and can be a leader for your team and and get stuff done. And then he can go out in the transfer portal. This is kind of an unprecedented time, Trevor, where we've never had this many players in a transfer portal before. So coaches have an unprecedented ability to go out and find guys quickly that can play and are established players. You're not worried about developing true freshman right out of the gate as much as you used to be before you're not leaning on that as much in college basketball you can go out and find guys that fit what you want to do fit your culture and maybe fit certain areas where you see weakness i mean it's it's the dynamic in recruiting has changed quite a bit with this with this current situation with the transfer portal and i think craig smith could take advantage of that too but first and foremost i think you got to go try to get timmy allen to stay at utah and then you can build around that and so we'll see how good of a recruiter he is if you can get timmy to stay then I think that would be a really good start.
3: You know who will also thrive under Craig Smith
4: is Ian Martinez and Pella Larson, I feel like. Okay. I agree. I, and I think that um, the way that Craig coaches and the, the development and the time that they spend, I think those are guys that have a lot of raw talent and ability but maybe just need to polish that and, and have it you know, work really hard and, and improve what they have. Um, I mean, Martinez, my goodness, the athleticism – he has. I mean, if you can get him to become an all around good player and kind of work out some of those rough edges, then, yeah, he could be a star player for you later on. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, and Pella Larson, I think, yeah, you saw flashes, right? But you didn't see it consistently enough. And and that'll be a challenge for Craig Smith to try to convince these guys to stay and develop those kind of talented players. But if you get those two guys to step up, keep Timmy and go out and get a couple guys in the transfer portal, that could have instant impact all of a sudden. See what I'm saying? Like you can. Craig Smith could come in here, and it just takes a couple guys that he can bring in, and he could do the same thing here at Utah that he's done at Utah State. It doesn't take a lot, um, and and he knows the formula; he knows how to do it.
3: Couple of more things, JJ, and then I'll cut you loose with a uh, Craig Smith coming in. How much of a, I, I don't want to say a a drastic change is it for him to go in from prepping for Mountain West schools? To go into the Pac-12 schools, how much of a challenge do you think that that will be for Craig Smith in his first year at Utah?
4: Not at all. I have that much respect for what his, his ability, and that's why he's been such a great coach. Um, you know, he's, he's been able to step up. So he went to NA, from NAIA to South Dakota, from South Dakota to Utah State, and the winning is consistent. So when a coach like that is winning consistently at different places, that tells you something. That tells you that he's great at the X's and L's. It's great. He's great with coming in and working with new kids and developing that talent. He's a proven winner. So I, I, I don't think that all of a sudden coaching at Pac-12 level is going to be any different than what he's been doing at Utah State. You know, you you're, you mentioned, you, you're sure, you're, you're going up against um, maybe slightly better coaches and slightly better players, but you have slightly better players too, right? You're a Pac-12 school too. And you have all these facilities, so there's no excuse not to have similarly good players. And he's a proven coach. So I don't I don't see that as – I'm, I'm more concerned about Craig's ability to recruit at that level, not to coach at that level. He's going to be an outstanding X's and O's coach. He's going to have no trouble coaching uh, against Pac-12 competition. He's got to go out and get dudes, and that's going to be the challenge. Can he do that? And if he can, then the X's and O's are going to be there. His in-game adjustments, I mean, are just phenomenal. You talk to other college basketball coaches about Craig Smith, and they'll tell you that they know better than anybody what it takes to do all these things and make it work. The X's and O's part, all, the scheme, everything that he does in-game, outside of the game, in practices is phenomenal. And he's going to that's not going to be a problem for him. He's got to go get the guys that can help execute what he does.
3: I know that uh, Craig is a very well-rounded coach. From covering him as much as you have, where do you think Craig Smith hangs his hat more defensive or, or uh, on offense? Because you have Sam Merrill, who was a, a big time offensive player. And then you have Kada who's, who's kind of the opposite of that and a really good defender.
4: Defense. I mean, it, it, if you look at the numbers, you look at the style of play, the, the emphasis placed on defense. He talks about defense leading to their offense all the time. And, and those Utah state teams, when they, when they had a lot of success, they really locked down on defense. And you look at, you know, Mish Keda is a special player. So, you know, Craig was fortunate to have a future NBA center playing for him at that position to ink defense. But you had a lot of other guys that, that played d- great defense. Sam Merrill, um, you know, he got Sam Merrill to buy in defensively when you know Sam is a, a tremendous offensive player. Um, you look at a lot of the other guys they have. They was a tough, hard nosed team, and they won. They, they they won most of their battles against San Diego State. I mean, you, like this year, they swept San Diego State, who's one of the hardest, tough nosed teams you're going to play. They beat them, you know, two years in a row in a championship game in the Mountain West Conference Tournament. Um, going toe-to-toe against a team that's known for their defense and hangs their hat on defense, that tells you all you need to know. I mean, Craig Smith can coach defense. His teams are going to play with a chip on their shoulder. They're going to play hard nose, They're going to be tough. Um, and I think that, you know, don't be fooled by this gregarious, you know, happy-go-lucky, you know, joking around, you know, making, making light of himself kind of guy I mean there's there's a toughness to him and a chip on his shoulder as well um, that that really uh, translates to his players and they play tough and they play hard
3: when uh, Craig talked to the media today he uh, he was asked if Kata wanted to come back for one more year would he try and get him to go to Utah he said he wasn't going to go down that road but do you think that that's a road he could potentially go down
4: no no I I think Nini's going to the NBA personally so I, I don't see he had a great year so I would not be shocked by that he's he's he so he's he's in his third year of college basketball he's he's a national defensive player of the year finalist i I don't think i don't know what more nimi would need to do to prove at the college level i think he's ready to go to the nba he's he's also proven himself on the international level he's ready to go i I think he needed time to develop strength and to improve on some things and he went through a workout process with the jazz and, and other teams and and had those experiences, he's ready to go. So that, and I and, and I and I respect that Craig shot that down today too. I mean, I think a the fact that he's going to the NBA, and b I don't think he would want to. I, I think he did some great things at Utah State, and I just think ethically that's kind of weird. You know what I mean? Yeah, so really. If if Nimi was going to play another year of college basketball to bring him to Utah, I don't know. I, I think that I, I I don't I don't think there's any possibility that. A, because Nimi's going to the NBA, and B, because I don't think Craig would feel comfortable um, pulling one of the greatest all-time Aggies down to Salt Lake City to play for him for just one year. I don't think that would make any sense.
3: Well, it, it was already weird seeing Craig Smith wearing red. It, it would probably be.
4: I, know, the I, I, was, yeah, I saw it today. I was like, wow. I mean, like, it's just kind of surreal. The minute like the, the Zoom page sports. popped up and and
3: there's Harlan yeah. and, and Craig and Craig's all decked out and Ute stuff. I'm like, wow, this. Yeah, like, it, I had to do a double take because it was just strange.
4: <laughs> well, it's not. But, I mean, we've had you know Mark Pope bounce from Utah Valley to BYU, but we don't see it very often. Where a coach we're very familiar with that's coached here in the state moves on to another school in the state. So uh, we're just it's 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 pretty rare. So that probably had something to do with that too. The shock of it
3: what grade would you give Utah for the hire of Craig Smith right now? And then I'll probably ask you this maybe in a year from now after the season's over, but what, what would you give just the, just the prospect of, of Craig Smith being hired by Utah?
4: How about an A minus? I, I think phenomenal. I am. I I think if you told me, um, you know, when, when, when they let coach K go that this would be the replacement, I said, that's incredible. I mean, great job I know there's a lot of things that have transpired between now and then I know a lot of Utah fans are probably frustrated with 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 Mark because of the way this transpired which I don't get I think that's I I think that's an odd narrative (laughs) knowing what I know about how things have gone down now I feel like it's not like Craig Smith was choice you know what I mean I think he was I think he might have been Harlan's top choice from from the get-go so um I think I give him an A minus. I think they've I think they've hired a phenomenal head coach, and, and he checks off all the boxes. I think. I mean, how many guys out there do you hire that have been to the NCAA tournament three straight years in a row? Um, you are getting a coach that's a winner. That's the whole point, right? And I think yeah. he's a fit, and there is a comfort. Um, he's 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 been in Utah for three years now, so it's not like he's there is like this big adjustment for him that way. So there is just a lot of things to like about this hire. I think it's a great fit. And I think he's going to bring the energy and the juice that this program desperately needs.
3: There you go. That was Jeremiah Jensen joining me here on the Crimson Corner podcast. And that'll do it for this edition. Make sure you guys tune in as spring football continues on for the Utes as we get closer to the red-white spring game coming up on April 17th. And make sure you download the KSL Sports app. It's always powered by University Federal Credit Union. Till next time, you've been listening to the Crimson Corner podcast.